Hello and welcome to Ritter's Reality Roundup. My name's Adam Ritter and I am back to recap episode 6 of Australian Survivor All-Stars. A little bit later than usual. Um, thank you again for bearing with me as I put these episodes out. Uh, but this episode was really intriguing, being obviously the first non-elimination of the season. We see Zach and Shawnee be voted to Exile Beach, and we're still sort of going to guess how that plays out in the scheme of things. I mean, in the past, we've seen Exile Beach lead to a duel between two competitors of some kind. One is re-entered back into the game and one gets sent home. Uh, I do really wonder if they're going to do that again this time, because it was a weird way that they kind of did Exile Beach. Normally, the Exile Beach twist in the past has been over a couple of episodes, and you've seen two people be voted out sort of one in one episode one in another episode um but instead we had this tribal council which was one vote and the two top vote getters in shawnee and then zach uh headed off to exile beach um and i just want to start by sort of saying that i think makuda has really proven themselves to be uh, well, look, they're on a losing streak. They're just a bit of a hot mess at the moment. Um, you've kind of got this sporty alliance really taking control of this tribe. You've got the little rascals trying to make and manoeuvre some moves, but it's not really working out on their part either. I mean, obviously, one of them went home, and I feel that, you know, now it's just a pair in Harry and Nick, and pairs can be very dangerous in this game, especially when it's an obvious pair. It could be someone that's pretty obvious. So I do really worry for what the rest of the Little Rascals looks like, which is a shame because they are quite fun to watch. So we have this episode and it starts with Shawnee, Nick and Harry believing if they didn't act soon that the athletes are going to be in control. And I think that Abby, Lydia, John and Lee, they are kind of these traditional players in the past that have proven that they want to keep around tribe strength. For them, tribe strength in these initial first votes before a swap is critical, and they don't want to keep losing players before they go into a swap. Um, but then, obviously, you have people on the other side of things. In well, sorry, I shouldn't even say the other side of things because I think Shawnee, Nick, and Harry went along with this, went along with the majority of the tribe, and really did ingratiate themselves. But for, but for poor Shawnee, in this instance, she just it was just too many votes too late, and she had had this target on her even since the Henry vote. So I, th I think it's... I really do wonder how Makuta would go should a tribe swap happen. And, you know, if some of the sporty people get swapped with some of the little rascals and vice versa, what actually happens around that? Um, you know, Zach had a really good episode, I thought. Um, he's really shown quite a bit of a growth narrative this season. Um, which is, you know, obviously fair. Like, you know, if Zach was coming back off or if anyone was coming back off the season that Zach had, you would want to try and sort of change those conceptions. And I think Zach is really trying to do that. He wants to add a social game to his gameplay. We see him talk about this in many confessionals. And um, I think it... So far, I mean, it didn't work this episode, but it does seem that he is quite... He's having lighter moments around screen and he's having lighter moments particularly with the women. Even Shawnee is joking, you know, if Paige could see you now. Um, so, look, I like that. I like to see an evolution in per people's strategy over time. Um, and, and I think it's an evolution for the better, obviously. 
Um, do I think Zach can win? Oh, I don't really know if he can, but um, obviously, especially now, since he's on XL Beach, who knows what will happen. Uh, but I just thought that that was really interesting and, and a good narrative to watch. Um, and so, you know, on Varkama now, we see that David's kind of taking a bit of a back seat to this Lockie and Matt thing. Uh, you know, Matt and Lockie kind of discuss working together on the next vote, but don't really agree on a target because, of course, Matt doesn't want any of his people to go home. Lockie doesn't want any of uh, his people to go home. So, I mean, it was kind of much of a muchness, really. I don't see them working together at all. I probably see them at the first opportunity targeting each other. Um, and I think that that's probably Lockie's best play and possibly even Matt's best play as well. Um, so now we get to the reward challenge and it's a great Survivor Classic. These massive dominoes though, which is very different to the kind of individual challenges we've seen in the past with the dominoes variation where you're kind of stacking them on a table. Uh, but you've got these massive trip wires and you're kind of having to like put these dominoes together. And we see that um, the reward is an Italian feast pasta garlic bread mama's kitchen um so there's a bit of an illusion there which i thought was really interesting and we see varkama win this quite handsomely and they get sent off and they go to this reward and this is something that australian survivor loves to do quite well is they make these rewards kind of human moments we saw it earlier this season with the survivor magazine talking about every player's sort of highlights and lowlights and going around the room and sort of humanizing them and i think again we see this when like you know it's your mum who doesn't want to cry when talking about their mum and all the sacrifices that they've made so um i thought that was so beautiful and i really enjoyed the moment particularly with ak one of my favorite players when he talks about his mum and how like you know they're so close and it, it sort of like really affected me too as someone who's who's gone through it with with his mom and ha has had a really strong relationship so it was just a really beautiful moment and even moana in that moment who i really been on the record as saying doesn't really intrigue me is quite a sort of timid player in this game doesn't really want to play the game uh, i think she did say something quite beautiful where she talked about how we're all humans in this moment and i did hope that she actually believes that and that she does feel and, and treat everyone around her with that sort of respect that she had in the confessional uh, and then now we you know get to the immunity challenge and it's about you know swimming underwater retrieving a ball from an underwater shoot uh, and then you have to shoot the balls into a goal so again it's all about throwing it's you know Australian survivor a lot of these challenges it's about throwing but um, I did really enjoy this challenge I love having water challenges where people have to go underwater um, what was really surprising this challenge is John struggling uh, we didn't really see that in his original season. Um, and, you know, he kind of obviously felt very upset about it, felt that he was partially responsible for the loss. Not that that should really matter in the scheme of things, but it does. And so it's so funny how Makuda, some people talk about challenge strength, but when it actually comes to a challenge and, you know, someone like John struggles, oh, it's kind of largely forgotten. And, well, but if Shawnee were to struggle, she would be the one getting all the targets. So I find that really... I don't know. I don't want to use the word hypocritical, but I, I feel like it kind of is because you just be honest and just say that you get along with the athlete types and that you want to work with them. And, and I would respect that far more than this sort of discussion that keeps sort of permutating through Makuda as to, oh, we need to win challenges. We don't want to be here, Jonathan. So it really is primarily Survivor about who you trust. And 
we're at this situation where they're determined to vote out Shani because they perceive her as the weakest. Shan and Zach are kind of in the middle. Um, Shan has some concerns because she's going to be seen as a physically weakest person, which again, makes no sense to me. Can I remind people, Shan tied with Brian Lake for the most individual immunity wins. She is not physically weak. Um, and then, you know, Zach is actually showing some growth where he says that, you know, voting people out based on physical strength just does not work. Um, and Nick kind of blows up Zach's game at this point because Zach comes forward with John as an option uh, rather than Shawnee. And because he kind of wants to work with the little rascals and Sean and, and have this new fivesome kind of take control over these athletes. But Nick kind of throws him under the bus. And we've had much commentary about this throughout sort of the week in Survivor. And we have Nick sort of say that Sean wasn't on board with this plan, that, that that wasn't shown in the edit. So I'm really curious to see why Sean did not believe that going with someone like Zach and the little rascals would be her best option. Um, you know, taking one side of the argument, I actually could see her integrating into that fivesome really well. I know it's hard if you're one of two and a very tenuous two at that compared with the three um, and then making a fivesome out of that. But I just feel that, and she does have those really strong relationships with Lydia, you know, from her original season. So I could see why she made the decision that she did. But I guess for television's sake, I was hoping that she went the way that was way more exciting where, you know, we see one of these athletes get voted out. Um, so I'm curious to see Shan's really, it's been an interesting sort of narrative for her throughout this season. She's talked, you know, about how being a runner up was so tough and so difficult and how she's bonded with Lee over that. But we haven't really seen much more about what she's thinking and what her sort of level of gameplay is. So I want to see more of that. I really want to see what Shan is bringing to the table in terms of her reasoning. And that's, again, a little minor criticism that I have with the show is that sometimes it's it, we keep getting these confessionals told through these central players, but some of the ancillary players, the people in the middle, do have a lot of agency and do make a lot of the decision in the episode. And it is that fine line between do I want to spoil the result for the viewer at home or do I want to give them an explanation as to why the vote went the way that it did. Um, so at Tribal Council, you know, we have... Jonathan LaParglia say, it's going to be a little bit different tonight. And, you know, those words immediately set sort of alarm bells off. And I love that, you know, look, I've, I've been on record. I don't really like the non-limbs. But the one thing I will say is that it definitely caught every single person off guard. Even people that know that the non-limbs exist and know how to factor them in did not really factor them in this tribal council. And we get this vote-off situation where we see that Zach gets the bulk of the votes. And um, it just really surprised me. I want to go through this. So there was five votes for Shawnee, three for Zach, one for John. The three for Zach were Nick, Sean and Shawnee. Harry actually voted for Shawnee. And I'm really curious. Um, so, you know, the little rascals might not be as tight as it seems because when it comes to self-preservation in the game, Harry's shown that, you know, and understandably, you've got to look out for number one. So... That doesn't surprise me that much, but I think I would love to see if there are any repercussions from that because it's quite obvious that one of those four did not vote. Um, and I wonder if um, it will even be a factor, to be quite honest. Um, but yeah, Makuda, I'm, I'm so thankful that it does look like there's a swap next week. Uh, and I really want to see 
sort of some intermingling between the tribes. We had that with Henry and Matt, and now I kind of want to see the repercussions of that sort of initial bomb in the game and the ripple effects that it will have, you know, once Vakama and Makuta kind of get split up together. Uh, I really, um, I just want to say, I think with the non-alims that I think that just start with two more players. I mean, that's really the easiest way to like not have these non-alims be such a weird sort of wrinkle in this game that's not really that enjoyable to watch. Um, you know, every time Jonathan says it's going to be a little bit different tonight, I just get this sinking pit in my stomach and I don't really enjoy it. Um, and, you know, I do try and see the positivity. I'm, I always try and pump up the show, but yeah, the non-alims, they have to go. Just, I get, I get you want your 24 episodes, get your 24 episodes by having 26 players, as ridiculous as that sounds. Um, okay, so I guess for me now, closing it out, I want to give player of the episode to someone. Um, I feel that it's got to be just the Athlete Alliance in general. They've really been able to take a hold of this game. Ever since the Shane vote, they've kind of got every single person out that they've wanted. Um, Abby seems to be really in control of that. Um, you see Lydia and John and Lee to a lesser extent. Um, but, yeah, I, I wonder how long Abby can hold on to her grip on power because she does seem to be quite in the driver's seat at the moment and is getting a lot of that airtime around what decisions she's making. But overall, it was not my favourite episode of the series so far, but it's been a great two weeks of Survivor. Um, 7.30, Monday night, it all continues, and I really hope that the swap brings some new drama, brings some new twists on the game, some fun twists as well. So uh, that's basically all I have to say for this episode, um, and I will talk to you very soon. See you later. Bye.